Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by the ringer.com uh, on the Ringer Podcast Network. I've been ident- I've been notified, Tate, that the, the GM Street <laughs> podcast that you host with Mike Lombardi has been moved to Mondays. Is this true? You just you found out live this? on the air. That was a genuine reaction. Yes, it's been moved to Monday afternoons. <laughs> Sources are telling me that it has been moved to Monday afternoons. Uh, Tate, you can doubt you subscribe to that if you're in the NFL and your NFL's in the offseason and you're jonesing for some football talk. Tate is still firing off his football t- takes with uh, Lombardi on GM Street. Um, also, the ringer.com is a website that, that you can go to that exists. I wrote a piece this week about five nine scores. Tate, I don't know if you read it. I did. But um, a, a lot of people misinterpreted the point of the piece and they, they thought that I was writing an article to say that like there are a lot of short guys who are scoring. And I got a lot of comments like, well, yeah, it makes sense that a lot of short guys, short guys are scoring. This, the game has moved on to pace and space and you know they have more room to operate now. That was not the point of the article, Tate. The point was it's not the short guys. It's that all of these guys are 5'9 are exactly. They're listed at 5'9. It makes no damn sense to me. The 5'8 guys aren't, aren't aren't scoring a lot. The 5'10 guys aren't scoring a lot. It's just the 5'9 guys. Um, I don't know. It was a fun little idea I had because Chris Clemens on Campbell is is lighting it up yes. for college basketball right now. And he's like the third 5'9 guy we've had in three years who is just unstoppable. And it's, it's kind of hilarious to me. Shout out to Bowie's Creek, um, North Carolina. Go check that out. Go check out the ringer. Uh, Sean Fennessy, I saw, wrote, wrote something making the case for Phantom Thread to win the Oscar for Best Picture, Tate. That's also on the ringer. Um, have you seen Phantom Thread? I have not. I womp, need to, I, womp. It, it, feels like, it feels like one of those movies that I would I would absolutely hate, but I would also be like, yeah, I, I see why people like it, but um, I haven't seen that one yet either. But but Fennessy loves it. He, he said uh, Phantom Thread should win Best Picture. Uh, a lot of cool stuff on the ringer.com, as always, so check that out. Um, today, Tate and I, we're going to dive into the, the bag dropping. It's what you guys want to hear. That's what we're going to give you. We'll get to Rick Pitino's press conference. Obviously, Tate, we got to talk about that. Um, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical out foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Welcome to a very special bag-dropping edition of One Shining Podcast. My name is Mark Titus. I am talking today with my co-host, as always, Tate Frazier. Tate, before we get started, I want to um, first tell the listeners that you had Harry Giles in the studio uh, over All-Star break weekend, and you interviewed him, and it pops up on people who subscribe to our pod. It popped up on their feed, and I just kind of wanted to let the people know that this is something that you and I are going to do from time to time where we, we get celebrities, basketball players, yes. what have yous, the the big shots of the world. When we get access to these people, we're going to shove a microphone in their face, talk to them for a little bit, and put it on the podcast. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, the, the whole point, we called it One Shining Player. We didn't want to give it a whole episode, so it's episode 27.1. We got a little cute with that. Yeah. Uh, the whole point is we can do anything with this. The initials are OSP. It can be One Shining Player. It can be One Shining Person. It could be One Shining Performer. It could be One Shining Penis Drawer for all we can think, you know, for all we can Ooh. say. Who knows? Who knows? American Vandal is on this lot. We could have some people from from that show on this show. Who knows? These, these are we all have, te- we already these have are all possibilities. Our, one shining possibility. We already have Kyle on a. We have Kyle on every episode, though. We don't. We already have one shining penis drawler. You're right. Show. You're right. We don't well, want people creeping on Kyle's uh, territory for sure. <laughs> no, I just wanted to let people know. You know, that's something we're going to do. So if you're very confused, you're like, "Why is this episode only 19 minutes?" Mm-hmm. And 
Titus isn't on this or Tate isn't on this one. Like that's what's going on. We're just we're just kind of having fun with stuff. And we yeah, like I, I feel like that makes more sense than putting like an interview on tacking it on the end of an episode that you and I do. Um so if you're into interviews, you can listen. If you're not into interviews, you know what you could do, Tate? You could skip just it. not listen. Just that's always a, that's always an it. option. So um, but enough about that, Tate. The people are here. We you and I have carved out a nice niche in the college basketball community. Mm-hmm. We are the two people that everyone goes to for bag dropping news. Um, first of all, I want to shout out to all of our listeners. We need a name for our listeners, Tate. The 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 name that I keep coming back to is Friends of the Program mm-hmm. because that's what they call the bag droppers and blue chips. That's what the booster always says. He's like, the friends of the program took care of that. And that just seems to make a lot of sense. It kind of fits for us, but uh I don't know. Anyway, I co-sign, is, I co-sign shout out to friends listeners. of the program. I think that works. That, you that's, like friends of the program? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That I can see our t-shirts when mm-hmm. we eventually get our t-shirts made, uh, which is going to be like, I think we should have t-shirts ready for the 2021, 2022 season. I'm <laughs> um, just heading into sometime around December, great. 2021. Mm-hmm. We'll have t-shirts and duffel bags and all that. We can just get a big shirt that says friend of the program and sell them for $86 plus tax and shipping and handling and make make a ton of money. Tate. I'm really excited about that. Um, but I want to shout out to our, our listeners, the friends of the program for basically just joining us on this bag dropping journey, Tate. It's so fun. I, I absolutely love when these stories break and you and I, our Twitters blow up with people with bag dropping. You got gifts of, of people making it rain with money. You mm-hmm. got duffel bags opening with cash in it. I think it's all hysterical. I, I just, I, I love our listeners that, that this has become our brand, Tate, that you and I, we talk about the bag dropping. It couldn't have worked out any better for us that we've been talking about bag dropping for a couple of years now. Not that, listen, we're not the first people that, that noticed that this is going on in college <laughs> basketball, but you and I are, seem to be like the pioneers, some of the first people to embrace it. Yeah. We're, we're the pioneers of the discussing FBI it. Thing to happen. Yeah. The whole, the whole time. The FBI yeah. thing to happen right now is just so beautiful. So shout out to them. But Tate, go ahead. Give me your initial thoughts on this big Yahoo report. Do you do you know what Yahoo is, or are you a Coach K guy who's just like Yahoo? That's that's a chocolate drink, isn't it? Who's this Yahoo? <laughs> that's the first thing K thought to himself when he read the report this morning. I said when this came out. So Yahoo, uh, Pete Thamel uh, writes this whole report. This is the thing that we've been teasing for the past couple of weeks. We should say on Monday or Tuesday, whenever you listen to this, we joked that this would be a casual Friday because there's not much going on. There weren't great games this week. So, of course, yeah. Yahoo waits waits to drop the big story that's going to blow up college basketball. I mean, we've heard this a million times. So the response that I had, you everyone has their own version of a shit response. Whenever this came out, there was, oh, shit. There was no shit. There was Bill Simmons, holy shit. There was mine, which was, what the shit? I had no idea that anyone from Carolina would be involved in any of this. Uh, there's you shitting me, uh, and then there's the who, who, I'm sure as shit, and I who, knew that it was, this was all happening. So there was all different versions of shit that uh, everyone had. Who gives had. a shit? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives it, a shit? It was yeah, another one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of those. So mine was what the shit. Uh, I think no shit is probably the one that most people will turn to because, of course, you know, this is one of those things where if you understand the idea of bag-dropping cultures and, and have enough of uh, – if you want to dig, you can always dig and find situations like these things that are going on in the world. I think I'm just more disappointed at how much we propagated the story. Like it was this general blanket uh, statement. And I'm, I'm going to quote the great Tom Izzo, who was also mentioned in this Yahoo report. And he said, don't paint the brush over everybody because it's not the way it is. And that's when you read the headline of the story, that's what it seems like. It seems like Everyone is involved paying these players thousands and thousands of dollars. But if you get to the nitty gritty of the report, it's an expense report. It's notes 
taken by Christian Dawkins, this one man, uh, the guy that we all know that has been implicated. He's a 24-year-old. He has his own expense report. And this is what we're relying on for all these sources. And what I want to say is it's more fodder and talking points, and it's more fun that we have these details. And it's not even that much of an indictment at this point for what's really going on, because now this is all evidence of one person that will be permissible in court. And we don't even know if we're going to even get to a point and we don't know where the NCAA stands on any of this stuff. So now it's basically become just another talking point in the world of college basketball and the corruption. It's just more, it's just another story for us to throw in and be like, look at how bad college basketball is. And, uh, I think that's what it needs to be taken for. I've seen a lot of people go, wow, all these programs are getting the death penalty. This is the end of college basketball as we know it. It's not, folks. It's not. It's just Dude, I'm expense kinda, reports. I'll be honest. I'm shocked that you think this is a non-story. I'm shocked that you clicked on a story where uh, one of your star players on your national title team was implicated, and the conclusion you reached was that this is all a non-story, Tate. That's it's that's just absolutely shocking. It's not that it's a non-story. It's that it's, it's, a, it's a story. It's a story. That's that's the whole point. It's not anything that's... I'm messing with you. I know. It, it just blows my mind that people see the headline and they automatically broad stroke the whole thing and, and think that they well, have the answer. Just read it. Just look at all the reports. I agree with you that it is weird how everyone, if your name is mentioned, you're screwed. And, you're, you know, like Malcolm Brogdon is his mom. What was it? $64 dinner. And, and the way it's packaged is that Malcolm Brogdon was just as bad as Dennis Smith Jr. who took $74,000. <laughs> and, um, and that was the other thing. I, I saw a story on The Athletic uh, that was writing about the response to the story, and it's, it's it basically said in the story, it was like, there's no difference between impermissible, impermissible benefits, whether it's $70 or $70,000. And... That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> that's not even kind of true. That's not, very much that's not remotely close to being true. There's an NCAA bylaw that if it's under $200 and it's not explicitly an agent, you can, because the thing about it is you can have dinner with an agent, you know, as long yeah, as, as long right. as you split the check. And and that's what everyone's Ooh, saying. That's a, that's a sore subject. Yeah, too. I know. I'm sorry. Don't, that, don't bring up splitting checks with me. That was that's a low a, blow. You, you would have gotten oof. implicated. Let's just say that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had your hand so on the double. I, I, I agree with you that that you can't paint a broad stroke and pretend that everyone's bad. But at the same time, I don't think you can paint a. It goes. I, can't, I don't think you can do it the other way and paint the broad stroke and say like, "What's the big deal? All these guys were just getting meals with agents." Because I mean, the Dennis Smith thing is just <laughs> on the heels of Kevin Keats. Our let, boy. let me organize my thoughts here. On the heels of Kevin Keats saying, I'm 100% sure that nothing has happened here. On the heels of North Carolina having the academic fraud thing in NC State, I, I mean, I, I trust that you were on Pack Pride and you have some, of course. some Pack Pride news uh, for us. But on the heels of like the, the academic fraud thing at North Carolina, on Duke is dropping bags at an alarming rate. And you and I have talked about that. You know, we've been on that beat for years. Um, and every NC State fan is just like, this is this is ridiculous. Like, I can't believe Duke's not going down. I can't believe North Carolina's not going down. And then this report comes out, and like the the biggest offender, at least to me, I don't know if you read it differently, but certainly in terms of monetary value, seems to be Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I, I don't mean to laugh at North Carolina State fans because I'm, I'm sure not. there's plenty of good people, but I'm very much into the memes. I've I've made this stance clear. I'm into college basketball memes. It, you mentioned all the shit reactions that everyone had a shit. You forgot to mention one, which is NC State shit, which is that all the bad things that could possibly happen in North Carolina State always seem to happen. 
And Pack Pride, I I trust lost its mind. I I was so busy digging into this and the Rick Pitino press conference, which mm-hmm. you and I will talk about in a second. I was digging into everything else. I didn't get a chance to look at Pack Pride. Is it is it going nuts? Are are, are they worried that that the uh, didn't didn't Carolina State uh, lose by like four hundred at Chapel Hill last year? Are they worried that that's going to be vacated? Yes, that, that stellar season that they had last year with Dennis Smith. <laughs> look here, it is. If they want to take away last season, fine. I hope they take last season away. It would mean that fifty point beatdown at UNC never happened. Go Pack. <laughs> Another one. Dennis Smith is dead to me. I hope they wipe away anything he did here from all the record books. Oh, wait, he didn't do anything. The hell with him. <laughs> they, Dennis Smith. They have just completely. And then Gottfried. I mean, they, they've, you know, just everyone's blaming yeah. Gottfried. And uh, we should say the problem right now with the coverage of the story, from what I've seen, at least, obviously, you know, people are talking about North Carolina and Duke. Those were the two headline, you know, uh, that, that you want to click on to see Duke and North Carolina are implicated. But the NC State part of this, Mark Godfrey's not getting enough credit, right? Like, I haven't heard his name once. Yeah. It's unfair. Absolutely. Give the man his credit. Give it, Give the man his due. This is Godfrey's you know who, last, uh, this is his curtain call. You know who's not getting enough credit is, is Dennis Smith himself. Because he, he didn't sign with Andy Miller, did he? <laughs> He signed with the different. So this man, this man was picking up duffels full of cash from Adidas and then signs with Nike when he goes to the NBA. Under Armour. Under Armour. <laughs> oh, Under Armour. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Under it, was, Armour. it was even he a signs with Under Armour. Armour. It was awesome. Yeah, and then he's taking duffels from Andy Miller and he signs with a different agent. Like that dude has gamed the system so well. I I love it. I I'm, I I don't I don't fault Dennis Smith at all. And because like you said, he didn't do anything last year, so who cares? Yeah, I'm not gonna get mad at him. And it, I would be mad if if. If you won, if you won a national title, I'm gonna be mad at that guy. You know, like Tony Bradley, for example. But oh, explain it. By the way, explain. Can I explain this? Get it out. Get it out right now. Explain the Tony Bradley thing. So because the, the two players that North Carolina have uh, that are listed on this list, and I and I don't, I get a lot of people that get a lot of grief that I'm that I'm up here, and I just want to talk about North Carolina. Unfortunately, three programs in the state of North Carolina are involved in this situation, so that's why they have to be discussed, not just because I want to talk about them. But Tony Bradley. Declared for the NBA draft right after the national title game. I was in Phoenix, Arizona when it happened. People were losing their shit because obviously Tony was the only post player that North Carolina had coming back. So people were like, oh my God, Tony's dad and him have both said that he's going to go to the NBA draft. That is right after the national title game. I'm guessing in a few weeks later, after all this stuff happens, Tony Bradley decides he's going to go to ASM uh, or AMS. What is it? Andy Miller Sports or something like that? Some, mm-hmm. Whatever. He goes, mm-hmm. to, he goes to a meeting there and... I'm expecting when I hear his names on it, and this is the first thing I woke up to. People tweeting me, North Carolina's involved. I'm obviously upset. I go, what the shit? Uh, I open this up, and it says, Tony, Tony Bradley, his dad responds. He says they go to the offices, and they throw him a pizza party. Not only do they, not only do they just throw him a pizza party for declaring for the NBA draft, they, they get Little Caesars pizza. Which I don't know if you know what Little Ooh, Caesar's hot, pizza hot and ready, hot and ready, five five bucks, yep. the cheapest pizza you can find. So they treat Tony Bradley like he's not even a first round pick. Really, they're just like we're just gonna have this cheap uh, little pizza party, and we're you know we're just gonna be nice to this kid and congratulate him. He hasn't even been sniffed by an agent at any point. He's already declared for the NBA draft. He's already won a national title. So the Tony Bradley situation is just amazing. The, the guy got a pizza party like what Hold you on. would do for like a second grader, and now it's a part of some FBI investigation. And he's already you, declared for the draft. Are you, so hold on. Is, is this Tony Bradley's dad putting forth this story, or is this in the evidence? This is in the evidence of the date of the date of okay. the time. But oh, they, they got the date next to it. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Because I want to make I want I, I would say I would argue. Some might argue I might be one of them <laughs> that the parents of the implicated players 
probably aren't the best sources for like what no. actually went down. Because I don't know if you noticed this tape. Nobody had any idea any of this was happening. Like the the whole the whole culture of this is just it, it's become hilarious. It's so not that I expected anything differently, but but my God, will somebody please just be like, yeah, I cheated. I cheated and I liked it. I loved it. I took the money. I spent it here and here and here. It was fantastic. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yes. I loved every second of it. Yes. Nobody's saying that. They're like, I have no recollection. What's his name? Andy Miller? Andy no, Miller. Never, never heard of her. Yeah. yeah, never heard of her. What's his name? Uh, I'm sorry, who? who I, what do you no, mean agent? No, I, I've never. Like James Bond? What is Bond? an agent? Like a secret agent? Yeah, a secret agent? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying Agent Orange? Like, I'm, I'm very confused. What do you mean? Like, the, the, the confusion, just the mass confusion that all of this stuff could go down. I mean- so this tells me that this Dawkins guy, Christian Dawkins, yes. the the twenty four year old, who is this could said, be me by the like way. All of his notes. This literally could be yeah, me. Yeah, but twenty fours. If you need an idea of how big of idiots like mid twenty <laughs> guys in their mid twenties are, <laughs> listen to we this. We have one on this program. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like this guy must just have the wildest imagination in the world to write down all these notes and no one else in the notes has any, I remember that any of this happened. None of this happened. Like this guy just came out, just pulled us all out of thin air. It's incredible. I, 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 I love that part of it. My, my, uh, the way that they've approached this, all the people that are named in, in the whole thing, you talked about the denial it's EDE, you know, it's everybody deny everything instead of ELE, everybody love everybody. They have, it's just a code that everyone's put down. They're just like, we're just going to deny this whole thing. We're going to see if it plays out. Mm-hmm. I think where it's going to go is now it's going to be in a he said he said she said type of game and that's why I brought up the expense reports we're we're all basing everything that this 24 year old wrote down in expense reports and paid out that it's true and that it happened and I think I want to point to the and, to the Malcolm Brogdon thing and why I have a question about that do you do you have you seen this have you heard about this? I have seen this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, talk about the Malcolm Brogdon thing. $64 at the Ritz-Carlton, right? And it says for dinner. Now, I don't know how many people have been to a Ritz-Carlton, but there's no way they had dinner for $64 unless Mama Brogdon just had a meal by herself. And he just, who, Christian Dawkins just sat across and talked to her while she ate, which could have happened. It makes sense. But I will say $64 to talk to Mama Brogdon I don't I don't see the one and two there that it all works out. And we should say this is a lot more moms than I thought would be involved in the implication. And I think yes. the, the story that most people hear is like the dad that's their coach that is way too involved and wants to be a part of every single situation. You know, think about Michael Beasley. It's one of those guys. Um, Shabazz Muhammad comes to mind. People like that. Uh, I think that we have to come up with a new term and I want to see how you feel about it. But I believe in bag moms. There's a lot of bag moms Ooh. out there, and they're and they're and they're got their hands on the duffels. They're walking around. They're smiling. I love it. They're acting like nothing's awry, nothing's going on. The bag moms might be the they worst the of Louis, the worst. Louis Vuitton duffels. They're just, <laughs> just styling and profiling. It's like you thought yeah. your mom was just out shopping. You know the old Chris Tucker women be shopping. These moms <laughs> are out shopping their kids, and they're getting bags handed over. Uh, I couldn't believe Mama Brogdon for sixty four dollars would sit down for this. I know she. I know she decided yeah. she didn't want to put Malcolm in the middle of all that. Um, so I'm happy she stepped away from it. I don't want to. I don't want to speak ill of the Brogdon family. He is our future president, um, and we love him to death. Right. But just that example, and just the bag moms being a part of this whole thing, I thought was a nice wrinkle. 20, so a 24 year old, as you said, this is, these are all of his expense reports. Yes. Um, do, Tate, you, how old are you? 25? Yes. Okay. 
Are you aware that you have to file income taxes? Of course. I have to, I trust me. Okay. All right. I live in Los sure. Angeles. Wait, they take you, all my money away. Uh, <laughs> because I don't even think like mid 20 like basically what I, the, the point I'm making is this this guy there's no like you said you it's an expense report done by a 24 year old I, I guarantee that he's just flagrantly like he probably for all we know he sat down he had himself his own dinner at the Ritz Carlton he called Malcolm Brogdon's mom yes. for like five seconds yes. he was like hey can I sign Malcolm and she was like no or yeah sure whatever I don't know and then they hung up and then he just expensed it he's like well that was a business expense and and put it on the company card or whatever um but that but so there's that side of it but the other side is that the fan reactions to this are also hysterical not just the people who are being accused of stuff mm-hmm. it's the fan base is coming to their defense which present company might be included in this Tate um but th- this whole uh y- you build like the well it could have been this scenario and it's it's so funny to me that like okay so so yeah uh he met with it so so this player sat down with an agent at dinner okay and the season wasn't over but do you have any proof that they were talking about him representing him because I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have the proof. Do you have the proof? I don't think so. Who's to say that they weren't just talking about like their lives together? I have dinner with a lot of people. And we never talk about work matters. How do you know that just because he had dinner with an agent, it means they were talking about work? These excuses that these uh, these fan bases are coming up with are are so fun to see. Um, but it's perfect. Everyone just wants to deny everything, and it's 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 so. I don't know. I, I absolutely love it. And there's nothing wrong with there. You can meet with an agent. I think that's the biggest misconception yeah. about the whole thing. I think everyone's coming out there like he had dinner with this agent, and it's like that's totally fine. He can, he can. I mean, especially if an agent, if Andy Miller's not but, present at the dinner, then it really makes it. But a, it's a not. Hold on. Thing. It, but it's fine to do that. It's what is not fine for the agent to pay for the meal and like. If you want to be naive, you can say, hey, they just had dinner with an agent. Who knows? Maybe they talked about The Bachelor all night. And <laughs> did you see last week's episode? And that's all they talked about. And then they split the check and went their separate ways. But I mean, Split you know check. that these meetings with the agents are are the agents picking up the bill. They're talking about like, I want to represent you and I'm going to pay for your dinner. Get whatever you want. We'll wine and dine mom and I will pay for it. And by the way, when it comes time to sign with an agent, please remember this night and how I picked mm-hmm. up your check and how mm-hmm. I it's a wink, wink deal ATM on my way out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. And that's what's going on. And and everyone can paint the picture that it's not. And, and they definitely are. And I love that that people are just in denial. And the coaches, the players, the fans, nobody, there's not a single person that I've seen at least that's like, yeah, we probably cheated, but we won. So that was fun and it was worth it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just sitting here just thinking, like mulling it over. What if this 24-year-old just wanted to really rise up the ranks and he's just getting all this money shipped over to him to hand out to all these people and he's just pocketing all the money, you know what I mean? And he's just saying he's doing all these yeah. things and it's just his expense report and he's making it all up. I My whole point is I don't understand why everyone in the world that, that is reading this report and, and reacting to it is saying that a, an expense report of a 24-year-old has now become the holy grail for corruption in college basketball. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, well, let's, let's start, pump let's, the brakes, folks. This is circumstantial I, evidence that will be used in the FBI case and that's yeah. why it's coming to light. 
this does not mean yeah. that like this is what college basketball is and this is the, the definitive proof of all of it. And I think that's the problem because the names are just too sexy for people not to want to buy into that. When you have a, a Duke and a North Carolina and a Kentucky and you have names like Colin Sexton and Monte Morris and Malcolm Brogdon and Wade Baldwin and Justin Patton and uh, Tony Bradley and Wendell Carter. and I mean, you just I mean, look, Michigan State, we have Tom Izzo going to dinner. You know that that's on the record now. Mm-hmm. So now Izzo, what a year for? Uh, I mean, yeah, Tom what Izzo. A year for Tom <laughs> yeah. Izzo, my gosh. I mean, I already expect him to call a press conference next year in New York and basically say that he took full responsibility. At this point, I mean, it, it, <laughs> he's he's got a lot of stuff going on up there. And then with Bridges, another bag mom involved, Miss Bridges. You know, Ms. Ms. Mm-hmm. Crystal Bridges that we've seen a lot of, you know, in the past couple of years, there was a four hundred dollar advance that was sent to to Miles Bridges, according to this to this uh, expense report. And now we're in a situation where I, I want to talk about the 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 impact that it has on this season because this is a criminal criminal investigation that's going to last a long time. Obviously, it's going to take probably three years if you had to guess if you do an average of what's going to happen with this. But the players that are active in college basketball right now. Every program is going to make a decision, and it's sort of like what they did with Auburn with Cam Newton. It's basically like, are we going to decide that we could be Louisville 2013 and they take our title away in the future because we played ineligible players, or do we hold these guys out and we wait and see what the NCAA decides to do and if they're going to actually try to get involved in this case? And I'm going to tell you right now, Duke's not going to sit out Wendell Carter. They're going to put out some statement and say, you know, hey— we understand that the, that his name was listed in a Yahoo report. There are a bunch of Yahoos that wrote it, and we don't, you know, we don't acknowledge it. And we'll we'll respond if the NCAA or the FBI reaches out to us. I don't see Michigan State sitting Bridges. I don't. I think they're going to do the same thing no. that that Coach K will do. My question is, I mean, when you have the Villanova coaches and and they're implicated now, and and they have them listed, I mean. Do, now we're going to have to ask every single person at every single press conference what the decision is. I mean, will Jay Wright yeah. have an assistant coach not not on staff or not come and sit at a game and maybe have to sit out because he's worried about them being implicated? I don't know. I, I think all yeah. the active stuff is what actually will be the test to see how much this really matters. Because if people do take action and sit people out, then it actually has an impact. But I don't see that happening. I don't know about you, though. No, I, I, don't, I also do not see it happening um, because there's just – the the zeitgeist, if you if you want to call it that, I don't, I'm not even sure what zeitgeist actually means. I just hear <laughs> people use that word. I like um, using it. I like it. Good. Yeah, good it stuff. just sounds cool. Yes, yeah. in the zeitgeist, there there's this just this overwhelming sense in the college basketball community that the NCAA sucks and everything they do is wrong mm-hmm. and every decision they've ever made is wrong. Yes, and anytime anytime anything happens, it doesn't matter. You could have. You could you could catch a coach with a smoke literally a smoking gun and in a certain situation and everyone and all everyone would be like coach just fight the NCAA if you fight the NCAA we got your back because the NCAA sucks and they've they've created this situation where everyone thinks like if uh, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend and they mm-hmm. get just get behind all of the the people that want to fight the NCAA and. To your point, that's why I think they're not going to sit the players. Is they're going to be like they're going to go into the assumption that within the next three years, like the NCAA, the structure of the NCAA is going to be such that they're not going to be able to punish them. Like there's just this overwhelming t- a wave of just like everything the NCAA does is wrong, and we need reform in college sports. And by the time these cases get sorted out, and it's time for the NCAA to punish these schools, things are going to be different then than they are now. And I don't know, like. Listen, I hate the NCAA as much as anyone. I just try to, I'm trying to be a voice of reason here and say 
the the NCA does serve a purpose. They're corrupt as hell. The people in charge got to go. They got to change the rules. We got to reform this shit. But this idea that like having a governing body oversee amateurism rules, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You you need rules in sports. Like even the NBA where these guys are getting spoiler alert, they're getting paid money. Um <laughs> I I have my sources are telling me LeBron James has been getting doubles dropped by the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> for years. Um but no, the NBA, like the NBA pays get people, and they're that's like the the league. They, you know, we want college, we want college basketball to be professional. We want to pay the players. Like, okay, so the NBA pays players, but guess what? The NBA still has rules about like how you pay players. They still have like, there's no tampering. You have salary caps. There's like there there are ways you have to have a structure put in place. And the 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 argument shouldn't be, you, the, we should be arguing basically about like what the structure is, not that the that the governing body exists. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like. People just want to shit on the NCAA and say the NCAA is always wrong. And I don't think that's the truth. I think the NCAA is just, they're, they're, they just need to be tweaked, basically. Like, we need to fix something within the framework, but the framework itself is not flawed. Like, we need a governing body to look over this stuff. But, um, but that's why I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to, I don't think coaches are going to send anybody because that's just the, the, the vibe right now is just like, Say screw you, NCA. Hold up two middle fingers. Like, come get my banner. Come get my player. Come get this. I dare you. And everyone gets behind him. Is like, yeah, coach, tell him. But, but, but those coaches and those people that are saying those things, these ads, they are the NCAA. You know, I, yeah, I, that's like, true. Like yeah, that, yeah. That's really the prop. Like, the it's set up. It's set up perfectly to have a fall guy. It's it's like you have Goodell in the NFL where he's just the face, he's the fall guy, he'll take the bump. But like everyone, right. everyone else is the actual players that are doing all the stuff that you think is bad. You know what I mean? But they have the perfect face for it. So it's like, well, blame the they, NCAA, blame the NCAA. It's like, well, your former AD is on that committee that that is helping to make this decision. You know what I mean? So like the same players that that want to throw, it, everyone wants to talk shit about the NCAA when the NCAA comes to them. But otherwise, they're a part of it and for it and for the NCAA motto and amateurism and all that sort right. of stuff. You know, so you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth, right? And, and it does, it doesn't make any sense. Like uh, you're basically saying, I hate the NCAA, which means I hate myself. That's that's what you're purporting out to the world. What they're saying is like I I totally support the NCAA. Like like when when the NCAA comes for them, they're like, whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, this is I, not what I said. I created for. you when I when I created you. I created you to go get those other bad guys, uh-huh. not me. Don't yes. come after me. Yes. Um. But but yeah I, yeah I don't think people are gonna say uh. But, the, the grander point, I think, and and we've kind of failed to, to touch on this, but um, I, I'm I'm with you in that this what what we have seen so far is not enough for me to like lick my lips and get excited. Um, I've I've been anticipably and uh, I've been anticipating for a very long time. The just you know I'm 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 a rabid wolf waiting for a piece of red meat thrown my way. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for all this. If this is it, this is not enough. I don't really, you know, like I'm just kind of shrugging my shoulders. If this is the tip of the iceberg, like I hope it is. And when I say hope, it's not, I don't say hope from like, a, I want to laugh at other people's misery. I say hope because I, I genuinely want to clean up college sports, whatever that looks like. If like, if we want to pay players, let's do it above the table. Let's figure it mm-hmm. out. You know, like what what's going on? It, it, it's not acceptable to me to say, well, the players deserve the money anyway. So I don't give a shit that they're taking money under the table. Stop it. Like the players know the rules. They know like they're not absolved of their sins because they deserve the money. You know, like they whether you think they deserve it or not, like this is the system we have. Either fight the system or go find another system. But to like say, I'm not gonna fight the system, I'm just gonna take the money under the table, that's bullshit. The players are implicated. They they deserve I, I'm I'm not with that thing. But um 
the point the point I'm saying if this is just the tip of the iceberg then great but otherwise we the, the, so far to me this is just you could paint this as a case of players going rogue versus schools systematically paying players you know yeah I was led to believe we're going to get the schools paying players like the coaches mm-hmm. we're going to get the the coaches dropping friends of the program and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and yeah friends of the program for sure but anyway yeah I I uh I think. The, the problem with this whole report and how everyone's uh, really talking about it and discussing it right now is just that there's a total difference between dinners and systematic payments that were from this company that were paid out specifically to people uh, right. for certain things. And like there's a lot of difference between $70,000 and $70. I know that that's been the, the joke that everyone's, you know, that, that's been put out there to the world that it's all the same because it's impermissible and, you know, it, it's wrong for you to do. But you can, if it's under $200, they just changed that NCAA thing that you can apparently donate the money back to charity. Um, so like Bryce Johnson is a $109 meal. Um, he can donate to, that to Where charity. Where did he play? <laughs> in North Carolina, he did. Uh, oh, and, interesting. And he, a, and he had a nice dinner with Christian Dawkins. How? How? Uh, at, at Outback. At Outback. I, my my favorite thing. The best case scenario for me with this situation is that Carabas gets raided in North Carolina. Outback gets raided in North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I I want to see that. Like, I want to see the FBI come in with the SWAT team and just go after the receipts in Outback Steakhouse, try to track down the receipts in Outback Steakhouse. I mean, the amount of the amount of uh, baby back ribs that Mark Gottfried had at that place, there's no telling. Um, that's what that, that's the only way that this is fun. With, yeah. They got assault rifles and tactical gear, and they're pointing, they're pointing at people, put that blooming onion down or I'll shoot. <laughs> Drop the blooming onion. Um, uh, so a couple, a couple other comments, just one-off comments I wanted to have about this. Uh, the the balance sheet that Dawkins had, like his he he had this little spreadsheet put together. Um it the the title of the spreadsheet was loan to players. Yeah. So I just wanted to shout out this Christian Dawkins kid, this twenty four year old. Like, my God, yeah. what an idiot. Yeah, can you what an what an idiot. <laughs> you couldn't just name it you, you you can't think of any code name other than loan to players. Like that was what you decided. To- My favorite part about it too is oh. he also had the names of players like Bam Adebayo that went to Kentucky. You know, his name's Idris Adebayo, and he just completely was like, "I just can't keep up with this kid's name. I'm just calling him Bam." He's like, "Yeah, it's just like, pay- Bam. payment to Bam, bad loan, payment to Bam, bad loan." Uh, that's <laughs> bad all. loan. Yeah, I love that bad loan. That's good. Um, the other thing, I, uh, the Yahoo report, as as you brought up earlier, uh, they quoted or they. They said Villanova coaches were implicated, uh-huh. and that was the phrase they used. Yes, was Villanova coaches, and I said on this podcast before Tate Jay Wright, he's too handsome to be mentioned by name. Mm-hmm. No one's trying to drag Jay Wright through the mud. No, that man is is too gorgeous. <laughs> we will not stand for it. So you know how you get around that? You call him Villanova coaches. You just <laughs> so if you control if you control F that Yahoo report and type in Jay Wright, nothing comes up. God bless that man. Good work by um, him. Can we- oh oh, one more thing I want to mention like. I thought it was interesting when you go through the list of names that it's not just the big fish and this isn't news to you or I, but hopefully this kind of opens people's eyes to the, the, I feel like there's this perception that the only people who are, are picking up bags that are dropped are the five-star guys, the, the Zion the Williamson's and of the guys, world. The, yeah. Yeah. But that's not the case. And, and, and you and I are, have both known that for forever. And, mm-hmm. and it's not like, but you see, you see fan bases that say that it's like, you know, I, it, it, I, I'm I sorry to the whatever. I'm going to pick uh, – I'll just pick Ohio State. Well, Ohio State actually had five-star guys. I'm trying to think of an example. 
but I don't want to implicate like. Well, I mean, Vill- I Villanova is a good example. I mean, Villanova is uh, they're more three to four star guys. I mean, like Jalen. Yeah, Brunson's yeah. So a Villanova. Fi- yeah, Jalen Brunson's a five star guy, but I mean, still. So a say little under say the you're a Villanova fan, mm-hmm. and again, I'm just using Villanova as an example. Say you're a Villanova fan, you're like, yo, we 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 couldn't possibly cheat. Look at the recruits that we got. We never got a, a five star top ten guy. This or this or that. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not paying guys. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying <laughs> you know, I'm not again. It, I use Villanova as an example, but. It's true for every school. Just because you look there and you go like like West Virginia's, I see West Virginia fans saying that like, whew, thank God Huggins only goes after like one star guys that literally nobody else wants, and that's awesome. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't mean either anything either way. But that that's kind of what I also gathered from this was that there are a lot of names on there that that casual fans are probably like, who the hell is that guy? Why is he getting paid? Yeah, like Tim Quarterman, you know, the guy that couldn't help Ben Simmons make mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament is getting paid in this situation. Fred Van Vliet yeah. is getting paid in this situation. Um, I kind of want to just mention some of the random schools that I think, you know, uh, they, they didn't respond to the report, but I thought it was interesting that they were uh, involved. And I, I think I made a, a misjudgment of a guy, Mark Turgeon. You know, I called him a good guy on this podcast. And, and then it tur- yes. turns out that, uh, you know, he had a, he had a, like a bad guy move in him with, with diamond stone being listed in this thing. I, d- I do think you mentioned these players and it being very individualized as you look at these players and you remember their recruitments, all these guys were very individualized. I, I don't think the school, the school was a secondary to who they were right. in, in a lot of these examples. I mean, Markel Fultz is a guy that we remember his recruitment. He was all over the place. People didn't know where he's going to go. And then, you know, he decides to go to Washington. People were a little surprised, but you know, Lorenzo Romar's there. He's going to bring him in. Uh, Mark, I mean, Bam Adebayo was all over the place. People thought he was going to go to NC State forever, and then all of a sudden he goes to Kentucky. Um, and Dennis Smith was the same way. I mean, he, NC State offered him sp- first. That was the story. He wanted to go to State because he was offered first. And I will say that it is a little misleading with the Dennis Smith thing, uh, That the $73,000. He had a surgery before he went to NC State and enrolled early in January. And I believe if I had to put two and two together, that that payment probably paid for that surgery, just knowing uh, so the, the situation a little bit. So hold on, they, how is that misleading? I don't know. I I, I just think that people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So people, you're say, people you're saying when he picked up his duffel, he, he used it for a good cause and not yeah, like. What, <laughs> I don't know. I think if people mischaracterize these situations and like they automatically assume these guys are getting saying, seventy thousand dollars to go like put rims on a car and just like party and do right, stupid right, bullshit. Yeah. Like I, I think that he I actually. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel bad. That I think no, I everyone's agree. mischaracterized across the board. You know, with the with the whole way that this thing has come out and the way that people respond to it because no one actually wants to read it, which I don't. I understand. Nobody wants to do that. Um, yeah. I thought Josh Jackson was one that, that was interesting, too, um, and a little under the radar yes. because the Blue Bloods that were mentioned were obviously Duke, North Carolina. We know that. Um, NC State's obviously you know one that's going to be talked about. Kentucky, obviously, with Bam out of bio is going to be talked about. But I said that Kansas, you know, we, we sort of joked about that, uh, about Kansas being involved with the Adidas stuff. And as I'm reading this thing, I'm thinking to myself, wow, I mean, this is pretty good for Kansas. This is a pretty good outcome for Kansas. There, there's nothing here oh, yeah. that really says anything about oh, Bill yeah. Self and Kansas. And the only thing we get is the Josh Jackson, uh, his mom, bag mom, again, Apple Jones, sounds like a bag mom. Uh, it was like $2,700 was in, was in the expense report. Um, so that's all we get for Kansas. And so Kansas pretty much got away with this scot-free. And so if you're a Jayhawk fan, I- I'm sure that's a big sigh of relief. But we don't know if this is the one big thing that's going to drop or if, uh, you know, there's more to come. Bill Self has his smirk just turned all the way up right now. <laughs> uh, he's he's so excited. I hope he has his pullover that, on. Uh, 
Yeah, there's so much there's so much smoke coming from Kansas, and there's just all they all they've got so far is just that little, just a little tiny flame. And Bill Self is just smir. He's like the. Uh, no, nah, never mind. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna choose my words carefully. Nice. Um, you got anything else to say? No, I just we take I, a break. We get, yeah, let's take a break. Go I, ahead. I I just had my last thing I wanted to say is uh, I just I think that the overreaction and the whole we all want this this big ball to drop and everyone to freak out and say we have to change college basketball. This is the moment. I wanted to be a part of the sea change that happens. It, it's getting tiring that we just keep saying. Yeah, no, it's not. Hold on. No, it's not. We we want this take. You want it too. This is good for us. This is good for content. The more bag dropping you have, you're right. But there is definitely it's good a sense, for content. But there's I, definitely a sense of uh, I'm tired of Yahoo. Everybody Sports. wants to be a part of history. I'm tired of Yahoo Sports doing breaking in all caps and then telling me that yeah, yeah. that this is the biggest story that you've ever read. It, it's like they keep telling me this big scary monster, and they've finally found it and going to re- reveal it. But then it's just you know little like it's like Bigfoot. You know they're giving me pictures in Brazil, and I, it's like all fuzzy, and I don't know if it's real or not. You know I, I want to see the real thing. I want to see it up close and personal. Someone, I want a strange wilderness. I someone, want you to go there. Uh, someone pointed out to me that Pete Thamel, in all of his articles that he writes like this, like legal cases and stuff, he always uses the words like looming large or looming. <laughs> or He uses the word looming. It's like a shadow monster. And I, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because like in the latest one, so he wrote like the first one and then I, I was told about this. They're like, hey, keep an eye out, you know, because I was talking to one of my friends about this. They're like... Or, or someone who's like in the media business and kind of follows different writers and stuff. He's like, yeah, keep an eye on Thamel. He always talks about looming stuff. He always makes stuff out of nothing. And it's it's kind of funny because it actually does check out. But uh, I think everybody just wants to be a part of history, Tate. You want to be there when I know. everything happens. And you want to be able to, when you're 80 years old, point back and be like, grandson, let me tell you about the time I saw Coach Duffles K drop a bag. Dropped and try, yeah. Let me tell you about the time I saw Rick Pitino. <laughs> Tell everybody he knew nothing. Um, speaking of what, let's let's take a break and then we'll, we're going to get into the Rick Pitino press conference. We're going to get into the Michael Porter Jr. mystery coming to a thrilling conclusion. We're going to get into some dirty laundry at the end of the show. Um, but first, let's let's take a quick break. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being here in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action so you can sit next to all the bag moms in the world. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. The NBA is back. I'm probably going to go to a couple of games out here in Los Angeles when Mark Titus arrives. Uh, we may go Ooh. to we may go to a show or Let's something. Go. We'll see what happens, right? Let's use SeatGeek to go to the uh, LA regional games because all the all the teams are going to be uh, 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 what's the word punished. <laughs> all the teams are going to be uh, kicked out of the NCAA tournament yes. and. Uh, See, the tickets are going to go for like five bucks. We should do SeatGeek and uh, some tickets. I can't wait until Rhode Island is a one seed. I keep saying that, and it might be a reality at this point. Uh, make sure SeatGeek you go, is your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app now and enter promo code OSP. That's promo code OSP for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. And right back to the podcast. All right, Tate. So we, we just got done talking about all the FBI stuff, the FBI implications. Um, we have have mentioned it for a little bit. We have not addressed it head on. 
the one man who has actually been punished for all of this, mm-hmm. the one man who lost his job over all of this, mm-hmm. the one man whose national title banner has come down, the one man who is now Googling tattoo removal places <laughs> in the greater Manhattan area, um, old slick Rick, Rick Patino. Calls a press conference. Uh, when was this? I I, I forget. Two what days day ago. It was a couple days ago. It was yeah, this, the twenty first. It, it, it was in the it was in the wake of the uh, the Louisville news that the banners coming down. He calls a press conference that nobody wants to see. Nobody cares about it. Um, in Manhattan, he gets up there. He he gives his statement. He opens up his statement by saying, "I can't see out of one eye," yes. which was like an obvious, <laughs> very endearing move. He said, "I'm blind yeah, in my like, left everybody eye. Has I, I can barely me. read this." He yeah. had a he had a he had a whole thing ready to read. He's like, "I'm sorry, I can barely read." He's this. going. It's the Bill Cosby defense. Yes. I'm like what? I'm blind. Could a blind man possibly do? That? <laughs> um, so he, he comes out of the gate with that. Like I can't see out of my eye. And then I don't know if you caught this, Tate, but Rick Pitino. This this was the part. That like just absolutely, I had to pause. So I, I watched this after the fact because I I didn't know, I didn't know how to stream it or whatever. But I watched it after the fact. I had to pause the video because I was just like blown away by this. This man invoked nine eleven yes. in his press conference. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you shitting me, Rick? This dude, he's going in there talking about like a, so. A uh, so I have the direct dormitory. quote. Here, here's it's a special dormitory. Here's the direct quote. He says. He was basically talking about all the coaches, all the assistant coaches, everyone yes. who was involved in the program. He goes, we all feel the same way that the actions that took place in a very special dormitory named after my brother-in-law and my best friend here who I lost in 9-11, that dormitory represented his name. It meant the world to me. L- listen, I, I and no disrespect to the fallen, um, the 9-11 victims. That's not what this is about, Tate. But how? what wh- what the hell is the correlation between like the – the, the man knows he's in Manhattan, and he's like, if I bring up 9-11, they're all going to feel sorry for me. Like, is anyone buying this bullshit? What the, hell, what the hell was that? It was as if his lawyer told him that you have to, like, find commonality. You have to find a, some sort of common ground where people will, you know, have at least a little bit of empathy or sympathy for your situation. So he goes, first I'm blind, so everyone's like, holy shit, man. Rick Pitino has gotten so screwed in this situation, he can't even see out of his left eye anymore. And then the second thing is the dormitory where all of the uh, sexually explicit acts uh, allegedly occurred was named after his best friend who who you know passed away tragically in 9/11 and so like that makes you not think about the things that happened in the dormitory itself it makes you think about his friend in 9/11 yeah. which is a great deflection great 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 work by him um and then he's he's when he said the we and he talked about the former coaches I had to think to myself, and he named Jeff Van Gundy, Frank Vogel, Billy Donovan, David Paget, and many, many more. I, I would not want to be a part of that we, you know? No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, that's tough. Like every, every one of his assistants like, please don't say my name. Please don't say my name. God damn it, he said my name. <laughs> Kevin Keats was like, thank God. He <laughs> got away with that one. My God. So, uh, so here's the thing. Rick Pitino, I guess he calls this because the Louisville banner is coming down and he's mm-hmm. doing the thing that all these other coaches are doing. He can't just say, he, he can't just straight up say, yeah, we did it. Okay. Like we, we, we screwed up. We deserve to be punished, but he does. He, he is doing the thing, Tate, where he's saying, I take full responsibility. I counted him saying that at least three times Yep. that he goes, I take full responsibility for my actions. I take full ownership of et cetera. Um, but then he flips around and he's like, but I also did nothing wrong and, and we shouldn't be punished in any way. And none of this is my fault. Um, but my question is, w- what is the point of any of this? Just 
can Rick Pitino please just go away? Like Rick, even if there there is a point zero 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 one percent chance that Rick Pitino is innocent, I will grant him that. It is very possible that all of this is a coincidence. He knew nothing about the strippers in the dorm. He knew nothing about Brian Bowen getting duffels dropped for him. He knew nothing about him his himself having an affair in an Italian restaurant bathroom. He didn't know any of this. I, I I don't I blacked out when the affair happened. I don't know what happened. He didn't know any of this stuff, Tate. And and he is very much a victim. Okay, there's like a a million zeros followed by a one percent chance that that is the case. Even if that is the case, just go like. The game is over at this point. What are, what are you trying to accomplish by all of this? Like, it, it reminds me that the analogy I think when I see Rick Pitino in front of my TV and I, I hear him talking, he is Kevin on the office bringing in his pot of chili <laughs> and he tripped and spilled his chili all yes. over the carpet and he's just like reaching for yes. anything, trying to shove that chili back in the pot. And it's like, just go away. Yeah. Just please just go away, Rick. And you saw it coming. That's all you have to do. You, you saw it coming the whole time as he's walking in, stumbling. You're like, this is not going to end well. And Rick Pitino has been been, just like, been stumbling around for 35 years or 41, depending on which. He said that he's been doing it clean for 35 years. And then he kept saying, I've been in the business for 41 years. <laughs> so I'm, right, I'm like confused. Right. I'm like, what were the years that you weren't doing it clean? Or can someone follow up and yeah. ask him about this? Uh, and he's also become Captain Hindsight. Was it, was it in Hawaii when, when, <laughs> when you had violations when you're at Hawaii, when you weren't doing it clean? When you're just, you know, was that was that it or no? OK, sorry. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So I felt like we should talk about it though. It's um, it, the the whole thing is just. I just want Rick to go away. I mean, look at look here. Uh, obviously, I'm biased with with Thad Mata. I love Thad Mata. Um, so take this with a grain of salt. But he's another great example. Thad Mata is a coach who feels like he has been wronged. He feels like he was fired wrongly. He feels like there are, there are certain things that Thad Mata could probably air. There's dirty laundry that he could air. He could get in front of a microphone and be like. They screwed me. I belong at Ohio State. I can't believe this happened to me. Have you heard a word from Thad Mata, Tate? No. And and s- since June, I believe he was fired on June fourth. Have you heard a word from Thad Mata? He's enjoying no. the, the. He disappeared. Off-time. He's yeah. gone. I haven't even. I, he's my. I I used to talk to him all. The, I don't even hear a word. I don't even know where the hell the guy is now. <laughs> so take use that as an example. He's take he took his money. He's like, you know what? I'm pissed off, but I'm also a multimillionaire. I'm rich as hell. I think I think Rick is just like he, he even made this point in his press conference. He was so used to the routine that he's lost now. He's just like he has no idea what to do with his life. Yes. He has too much free time. Yes. And he's just trying to get back into the rat race. Well, he's, and it's killing him that he can't. He said that in the press conference. He was like, I'm a guy that woke up at six AM and then he was like, and I left right. the, you know, whatever point at night and he told his whole day about how his day is. And he was like, And people come to my practices and they said, This man cannot be cheating. He demands too much of his play. Right. <laughs> That's what they say. What was that? They, come, By the way. they come to his practice, and everyone, no one says like, "Hey, man, I think Ding Adele's a pretty good player. He could probably, you know, go to the next level at some point." They say this guy definitely does not cheat because of how hard he works his players. That's exactly what they come away with, which was amazing. Uh, one one question I really liked: a journalist, uh, Dan Cass, asked uh, if he thought the penalties were a little premature, given the fact that all the facts haven't come out yet. <laughs> And uh, yes. <laughs> just a great journalist question there by Dan Katz. Uh, Shout out to to friend of the program, Big Cat. Yes, Dan, yeah, he did. Dan and then Katz. PFT commenter, PFT commenter followed it up with like, you mentioned you mentioned that you've you've had poor judgment in the past. Can you give us an example of a time you shot yourself in the leg or foot? Or you shot yourself in the foot, and dude, and then Patino interrupted. God him. bless those guys. And, uh, Patino interrupted him and said, "Say that last sentence again." <laughs> and, he re- yeah, and he repeats the whole question, which is awesome. And Rick Pitino yeah, just let it slide. The ball's I on PFT. Lose it. 
Just the ball's on PFT to like just commit to the like Patino's like, can you say that again? And PFT repeats it word for word. Yeah, can you talk about the time you shot yourself? That was so funny. But but yeah, you, you brought up the, the 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 other quote that you you already mentioned it, and and then we'll move on to to other stuff. But we had to talk about Rick Patino. It's so fun. I I, I don't understand what was the the quote that he I, I had it written down. So he says, an assistant coach of mine said it best. He could never cheat. He meaning talking. He's now talking about himself. Yes. Assistant coach of mine said it best. He could never cheat. All you have to do is watch one of his practices, and you could know mm. that he could never give anybody anything illegal. How does that have anything to do with cheating? How can you, <laughs> like, how is that a compelling quote? It's like you know, you know, Your Honor, uh, I, I believe my father said it best. My son would never be a murderer, and I would like to to I would like you to take that into consideration during this trial. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, how's that? Oh, I don't know. It's and, so he, he's so bad. He, he should fire his PR team immediately because I want Rick Pitino to hire me to be his PR rep. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The the one thing I would tell him is just go away. Just Here, stop Rick, talking. Pay me, pay me, pay me fifty grand, and I will just I will give you the best advice of your life. Stop talking. Go away. Mm-hmm. Go use your spend your money. Go to whatever Italian restaurants you want to, and just shut the hell up. Nobody. It's over. It's over for you. What coach has ever? This happens to every coach, by the way, Tate. What coach, what legendary coach goes out on his own terms? It never happens. Yeah. It never, ever happens. I mean, it, it, it happens. I, I, I shouldn't say never. It, Dean Smith would get, yeah. But it's only one. It, like, for the most part, no coaches. There's always like a scandal. There's yes. always. Calhoun comes you, to mind. You know, there's always like you get forced out. You don't get fired, but it's like, hey, you're old as shit. Get the hell out of here. We mm-hmm. want to, you know, like you've lost a step. We want you out. So how about we do a, a quote unquote mutual agreement for your retirement announcement? But the, you always. <laughs> They always kind of get nudged out, and well, this is just the this is how it works in coaching, Rick. I'm sorry. This is just kind of this is the, the the career that you signed up for. Just go away. And Rick's Rick's whole aim of this is to get them to file the injunction, and he evoked Jerry Tarkanian. You know, he says Tark, he says Tark fought the NCAA yeah. and won. This board of trustees at Louisville should fight it. He's basically trying to be the Louisville fan, the voice for the Louisville fan, and say that the, right. that the board of trustees at Louisville, a board that he, he the, not the board that he worked with, new board, uh, they're going to come. New board, yeah, new guys. Yeah, new guys that, that don't have the, the class and respect for Louisville basketball like the old board yeah. of trustees. Uh, he says that they should file an injunction. That's really why he's doing this. He wants them to file an, an injunction. He says Notre Dame wouldn't let it happen. I, I don't understand what that meant. I, I mean, it was just so out of left field. He's like, and yeah. Notre Dame <laughs> wouldn't let it happen. I'm like, I, I, what the like? What if I'm that? if I'm Mike Bray, I'm like, you better keep Notre Dame out of your mouth right now. Like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> I, well, he's blind in one eye tape. Remember that. Yes. That's, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, man, he literally has become uh, Captain Hindsight, though. It's great. They even asked him about apologizing, and he said he, he was like, no, I, I I feel awful, but I haven't apologized. Yet. I I will not apologize, but I also take full responsibility. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Jerry Tarkanian, one one thing I had I thought of a good joke when we were uh, talking about all those all those schools that have been implicated and how how college basketball is totally screwed now mm-hmm. and all these blue bloods are are being implicated in that FBI report. I thought of a good joke. You ready? Yes. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Cleveland State, you better watch out now because uh, looks like Kentucky and Kansas and Duke and Carolina are in trouble. So, uh, hey, hey, Cleveland State, they're, the NCAA is probably going to punish you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You like you like that one, Tate? Yeah. That's a good one. That's hey, a new hey, one. Cleveland State. <laughs> yeah. How about Bob yeah, Lee? Because they're not going to. Yeah. Bob Lee ruined the quote. Oh, go on. I was very upset about Calm that. Calm down. Come on. Don't don't you dare besperse the great name of Bob Lee. I can't believe he um, did that. That made me sad. He, he, and he went at one, Akron. Poor Akron. One more thing we're going to touch on, and then we'll get into dirty laundry for this week. Uh, the one last fine. Actually, this this is this doesn't necessarily have to be the last installment. So I'm I'm going to take that back. But 
in what appears to maybe possibly be the final installment of the Michael Porter Jr. mystery. Play the music, Kyle. All right, Tate. So Michael Porter Jr., the mystery, the, the new development is this. Mm. He's uh, he's clear to play. It's over. He did it. The mystery is done. Wait. We, we, we did it. You and I did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> but he's so, not. Uh, he's clear to play. And uh, Kentucky, they play, Missouri plays at Kentucky tomorrow. Yes. And um, Michael Porter Jr. is, oh, shit. He's he's not, he, wait, he's not playing, though. Wait, what? Hmm. Hold on. But he, but it says here he's cleared to play, but they're playing at Kentucky tomorrow, and he's not, pl- he's not playing. But the doctors, all the medical professionals looked at him, and they said, you can play. You can go 100%. You can have contact. You, you, you're good to go. And yet, they're sitting him out, Tate. Interesting. The mystery hmm. continues. It's it, it feels like uh, I guess the mystery continues. It's not over. I I don't understand. I just know that he has his own doctors. I know his own doctors said that he can play. We know he can play. The best part about this is that everyone celebrated as soon as the news broke that we are going to finally see Michael Porter Jr. Everyone was already back on the kid's side. They were like, "Yes, this is what we've wanted all year." First game against Kentucky. What a coming out party for Michael Porter Jr. And then not so long after that, Jeff Goodman comes out and goes, uh, "He can practice. He can play." But he's not gonna play, and now we're back. Mm. Now we're back to where we were before, which is Michael Porter Jr. is uh, apparently healthy. His back is fine. He's still gonna be on the bench for Missouri. Missouri is still gonna be an eight seed um, or a nine seed or somewhere in that range. I had a, I had a theory as soon as it came out that he was gonna play. I texted you and I said I can already feel it. Eight nine matchup. Mizzou wins. Michael Porter Jr. takes on Kansas in the first round. They upset Kansas. Michael Porter Jr. gets drafted the second top three. Round. Second yeah. round, second round. Uh, after yeah. after they win the 8-9 game, they would play the number one seed Kansas, beat Kansas. Bill Self gets the Bill Self special. Um, it looks like Michael Porter Jr. may not even give us that. So I, I jumped to a that conclusion That would be amazing, there. though. But that would be amazing. Yeah, I'd be excited know, about that. You know what the more, real, the more realistic scenario uh, for Missouri fans would be, and, and I'm sorry to say it, Missouri fans, but you know it's true. The more realistic scenario is that Michael Porter Jr. comes back for the Kansas game they play Kansas. They they lose a heartbreaker by like two points at the you know a last second shot type situation, and and that happens. Kansas goes on to the Final Four or something, and then like immediately after the tournament ends, we find out that can- all sorts of Kansas players were implicated by the FBI and shouldn't have been eligible this whole time. And oh my god, <laughs> that could have been God. That could have been us. Missouri Missouri fans have to deal with that. That's the more likely scenario for Missouri fans. Oh, um, poor Missouri fans. So, I got really excited that we could me, watch I'll, Quanzo again, but I guess not. I have this other development. You know me. I'll read any uh, DM that slides, anybody that slides into our DMs, I will treat it as gospel. Some guy, by the way, I found out about the Michael Porter Jr. news because we got a direct message from from somebody into our direct message, and uh, it buzzed on my phone, and I looked at it, and it was a guy that was like, hey, I, I have inside sources that say Porter is out for the rest of the year. I'm 100% sure of this. And I was like, oh, shit. It, like, is this... is is this real? Is does this guy know something? So I'm clicking on this guy's profile. I'm looking to see who he was, and then as I'm like clicking through Twitter profiles and all that kind of stuff, I come across like all these these tweets that are like Michael Porter Jr. has been cleared. And then I, I look at the timestamp of what this guy had sent me and the Rosty news. And the guy had sent me this tweet like or, or the DM like ten minutes after John Rostein had broke the story that Michael Porter Jr. is back. <laughs> so shout out to the one listener who was just trying to who's ahead me of it. And, and he, Oh, oh, ooh, ooh. are you saying he's ahead of I'm it? I'm saying he's ahead of it. I'm saying I, that I, he still he knew I, that the okay. report was going to come out, and he was like, just so you know, Titus. No. They're going to say all this stuff. They're well, going to think he's coming back, but he's not coming back. 
I interpreted it as he saw Rothstein said Porter's back, and then he's like, hey, he was just like making a joke, like, hey, Titus, I I, I heard Porter's not coming back. And <laughs> I just thought it was kind of, I don't know. And I bought it for a second. But anyway, I say that to say this. Another guy, Tate, slid into our DMs. And again, the source on this is hazy, but uh, it, it was a man in our direct messages, so I have to treat it as, as truth. I have no other choice. He says, I live in Seattle and have some inside news on Michael Porter. Sources mm. say he's leaning to coming back next year to actually play a full season in college. Michael Porter's current girlfriend is the University of Washington's guard's sister, which is, uh, I, I think I have that right. Like, there's a guy that plays on Washington has a sister who is dating Michael Porter. He became close friends with the guard as they both played locally during Porter's senior season. I know people close to the situation. And they said that Porter feels like his stock is falling and knows if he can play one season, he will be a surefire number one pick. Anyways, I thought you could throw this wrench the next and throw this wrench into the next time you go over the Michael Porter mystery. And sir, that is exactly what we're doing. I'm in on this. Michael Porter is coming back next year. You heard it here first on One Shining Podcast. That's what's happening, Tate. So it's actually exciting. It would actually be a really smart move for him to do because the draft class next year is apparently really weak. And there's I, a, I agree. And there's a lot of guys that are ahead of him on the board that keep climbing, whether it's Jaron Jackson or Bamba or you know whoever it is uh, of these big guys that are climbing up. And and I know that he expects himself to be the number one pick or thought he was going to be the number one pick when he went to college. So that's a very interesting wrinkle. I just don't. Under, I mean, there's a way that Quanzo makes it happen. I mean, we saw it with Bridges. Everyone was shocked when Bridges came back. Um, so I don't know. I like that. Good theory. So you're Great saying DM. So all in all, you're saying that Michael Porter. His back, you you believe? Yes. This is just your belief. Yes. You believe that his back is fully healed, but he still has a pulled duffel. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I I think that he's got the bag and he's content to keep it. Why risk mm, the bag? Interesting. Why play and risk the bag? Interesting. All right. Well, uh, let's take one more quick break and then we will get into everyone's favorite segment, dirty laundry. Listen up, hoop fans. Did you know that March Madness continues to be one of the most heavily bet events of the year? With so much action packed into a short time frame, sports bettors have hundreds of options and games to choose from at any given moment. And Sportsbook Review is your go-to resource for all sports betting this season. From free picks and predictions to live comparisons of betting odds, Sportsbook Review puts the power back into the better's hand by providing you with the information you need to come out a winner. Plus, Sportsbook Review takes it a step further by offering you full profiles, reviews, and ratings for hundreds of betting sites. See past the marketing gimmicks and flashy signs. Sportsbook Review's goal is to help you find the perfect betting site to match your personal needs. Head over to Sportsbook Review today and get in on the action. And for a limited time, visit sportsbookreview.com ringer to find expert predictions like Tate Frazier, expert prediction of Rhode Island being a one seed. On, can you can you bet on that? We should bet on we that. Should we should bet on just that. like heavily bet. We should heavily <laughs> bet on Rhode Island to win the the national title just because they're the only team left. Which, but do it Rhode for Island Hurley. Has Hurley blood? Yes, yeah, Hurley. You blood. realize Hurley's coaching Rhode Island. You're confident in that? I am. Come on, Dan. Okay, that's my favorite no, Hurley. I'm not. I'm not th- I'm not accusing anything. I'm just asking you what your confidence level was. Uh, you can find expert prediction, live odds, and access to exclusive bonus promotions at A-plus rated sportsbooks. Again, that is sportsbookreview.com slash ringer. Leave the bracket contest to grandma and make some real cash this tournament season with Sportsbook Review. And now for some dirty laundry. All right, Tay, let's get into it. Uh Dirty laundry. You guys know the deal. Listeners know the deal. Send us your your manager stories, your your stories about being around a basketball team, being on a basketball team, et cetera. At one shining pod is our 
Our Twitter handle, our DMs are open. Send them our way, and we may or may not read them on the air. Um, but here, here are some of the best ones. Here are some of my favorites. My freshman year managing for a Power 5 school, our season was going bad as we finished with three conference wins. And our conference tournament fell on the same week as spring break. Needless to say, the players were pissed. A plan was quickly concocted by the seniors that they would make reservations for hotels on the beach for the second half of the week and that we would lose on purpose but, quote, make it close. By the time we reached the tournament, every player had a hotel booked for spring break the day after our game. To make matters worse, upon arriving at the hotel the night before our game, all the mini bars had been left in the players' rooms. The players all got wasted before our team meal that night. The next day, we played a team we had gotten we had gotten two of our three conference wins against by 15 plus each time with the entire team hung over the plan of keeping it close failed. And we lost by 30. <laughs> the coaching staff was livid, but the players couldn't care less. The next day, the entire team, me included made it down to the beach for three days of debauchery. Love it. So, uh, throw in the game. Yeah. Throw, throw, yeah, shaving, throw the, for, yeah, throw the game <laughs> for some fun. There you go. Um, let's see here. My buddy was a manager at a low, low, he put low twice, so very low tier Southern Conference school. Oh, so like like uh, what like Mississippi State or is that, <laughs> it's not low enough. Ole Miss. Our fraternity was our fraternity was known for throwing great prior parties prior to big basketball and football games. One of our fraternity brothers was the managers on the basketball team for one of our biggest games uh, against an in-state rival. We decided he needed to experience the Smirnoff Ice trend. We bought eighteen ices and proceeded to ice him eighteen straight times. Everywhere from his apartment, his car, to his locker, to his in the locker room. Each time taking a knee and chugging. After 18 Smirnoff ices, we received several <laughs> Snapchats of him saying how drunk we are and how he didn't know if he could do his manager duties. In the first quarter, we were trying to bring out the chairs for the players to sit on. He fell and dropped the chairs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we were all in the stands and immediately died laughing. Needless to say, he was released of his manager duties after this game. The infamous 18 Ices games is how it shall be known forever. 18 Ices is a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. Smirnoff, did you were you did you partake in the Smirnoff Ice thing? Yeah, like in late in high school. That was like Yeah. That was like something I thought was really really funny until it happened to me and I was like this is the lamest thing in the world. <laughs> well, what are we doing? It here? makes you hate everyone around you, you know? You you really start judging yeah. your friendships. You're like I really just hate all these people. You once you get done with it, you're like I just want to go home at this point. I think I hate everyone, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good feeling. It's the worst thing ever, too. It's uh, like a shitty Sprite with sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Folks, if you didn't know. My freshman <laughs> my freshman year was also our head, our head coach's first year at the school. He was very well accomplished and had high expectations. His hiring came later in the year, so most of the roster was leftovers and recruits from the past coach. In fact, before the season, he met with all the players individually and told a couple it would be in their best interest to not to, not to return to the team. This includes the leading scorer. Anyways... He used to get so frustrated with the guys that he had to that he had to keep on the team that sometimes he would just walk into practice, look around, and cancel practice because he couldn't what? take it. <laughs> this is definitely Stallings. <laughs> this is how I feel about this podcast, by the way. Sometimes I just like Dis I get you guys on the line. I'm just like, I just can't take it. I disgusted. just want to cancel this podcast. It, this does have a Stallings vibe. Yeah, this you, is very, we say every one of these is a Cam Stallings Johnson vibe, transferred. This all checks out. Ooh. So we're not done yet, by the way. One day, though, he decided to let them know how much he disliked the team. We were getting ready to start practice. Still checks out. When the coach, when the coach called everyone in and started going around the circle and pointing at people and going, "You suck, you suck, you suck." Yes, yes. our guy. And then he'd get, and then he'd get to one of the few players he liked and say, "You actually give a shit." At the end, at the end, he gets to one of the freshmen who 
who was one of the more highly touted recruits and goes, they told me I was getting a six, eight forward. Instead, I got a six, four asshole. And with that practice was over. (laughs) So you say that every one of these stories is Stallings, but that actually, that all checks out. That is definitely Stallings. Stallings. I hope that Stallings sent that to us just to keep it, keep his brand going. Good move. Uh, spoil, speaking of which, spoiler alert, there, there's an even better Stalling story coming where the guy mentions Stalling's by name, but it's actually a good Stalling story. So stay tuned for that one, folks. Um, a friend of mine goes to a blue and white school in Kentucky. She takes calculus with a student named Brad C. He has a tattoo that says earn, not given. Wait a second. Hold <laughs> wait, on. Wait, wait a second. Too much info. <laughs> we're going to we're going to stop the story right here. I feel like there's a little too much. I feel like the concealing of identity could have gone a little bit better with this one. Let's just go ahead and move on to the next one. <laughs> uh, I was a manager at a Power 5 Division One school. Our top recruit was a 7'1", 310-pound center who had some issues with overeating. He was academically ineligible for his freshman year. After every game, the team gets food in the locker room. And after a major conference win against a rake opponent, our team's starting center was at the press conference and was late to get to the locker room. Upon getting to the locker room, he saw that there was only one pizza left. Does this mean one full pizza or one slice? One slice. One one slice, yeah. He claimed that it was his and proceeded to the showers. When he got out of the shower, <laughs> he noticed- the pizza in the shower? What the- What? No, I, I the way I understand it is that he says, oh, that's my he's pizza. He's like, I'll be back. He's like, he I gotta go shower yeah, up before I, I take this slice. Yeah, yeah. I call dibs on this pizza, or this pizza, yeah. Yeah, yeah no dibs, gotcha. So when he we, we got out of the shower, he noticed that the ineligible freshman recruit was eating his pizza. He immediately attacked him and- started a butt naked brawl in the locker room <laughs> nice a few days a few days later the freshman was released to, from the program and all the managers got to claim his gear that was left in the locker room it was still the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life um i wanted to include that story because i i feel like people don't realize that locker room fights anytime you hear about a locker room fight in a, in a, in a sports team there's like a 50-50 chance that one of the guys was butt-ass naked. <laughs> this is a common occurrence. It's <laughs> very true. And no one ever thinks about that in the context. Yeah. Like Gil- when Gilbert Arenas pulled a gun, or I-, I forget how the story went, when that gun thing went down with the arena, who was it? Was it Crinton? Yeah, Javaris, yeah. Yeah, when they did that, there's a good chance that one of them had their dicks just swinging around as all that was going down because <laughs> they were like getting out of the shower and someone was talking shit. And it was definitely- I say that because it happened to me. <laughs> The one time that I, I feared for my life because a teammate wanted to fight me, uh, I wrote about the story in my book, Don't Put Me In Coach, available wherever books are sold, Amazon.com, etc. Um, I got uh, a teammate approached me and tried to fight me when I was getting out of the shower and I was butt ass naked. And it was the most bizarre experience of my life that I thought I was about to die <laughs> as I was just just balls out, just flopping around. So um, that's why I included that one. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I bet Gilbert's, Gilbert was definitely naked and definitely not taking a shower. Just a power move. So think about that. Next time you see a story about like an altercation in a locker room, just think that yeah. one of those players is probably naked. Yes. If not both of them. Yes. So uh, we got a couple more. I attended a blue blood basketball school. I had a friend who worked in the financial aid office for the school. Every time a player would get suspended, it would have to be reported to the financial aid office for scholarships reasons. That's so I have heard several amazing story, but I'll tell my favorite too. One is that a, f- a future one and done player had a test in psychology 101. Psych 101 has taught me was taught in the campus's largest lecture hall. If I remember cor- correctly, it would seat around 700 students. Like most classes in the college, like most classes in college, midterms were worth a significant portion of your grade. Within the first five minutes of the test being distributed, uh, he, and the guy says, I'm using a fake name here. 
the player stands up and yells, John Smith doesn't take tests while throwing the test in the air and walking out. So John Smith is the guy's name. The player says, Mark Ty- I, I, what? I don't Mark Tide has done take tests and calls himself in the third person and throws a test up. That's hilarious. <laughs> um a, a different year, the starting point guard was randomly suspended for two games in February. The public was never informed why the suspension occurred. My friend told me the point guard was caught having sex with a member of the women's team on the logo on center court. <laughs> oh my god. I I can't help but laugh every time we play a home game, knowing that that yeah, that that's the <laughs> That is also, by the way, another thing that people do. Um, I certainly never did this. I can't speak to personal experience on this one. I just know people who did partake in this, managers, players, stories I heard from players before my time. The the bringing a woman into the facility is a big-time move. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's like because you have roommates that you don't want to deal with at your room, so you can't like go to the dorms or wherever you're staying. But uh, that, that, that also seems to be a common move is like, Take a bring a woman to the locker room and in the middle of the night when you know no one's there, but you have twenty four hour access. Um, just thought I would kind of. It's usually on the football field, though, right? It's like in the middle of the football field. Yeah, yeah. That's like the old trope that, that you would do that. But to yeah. go into the basketball arena, I mean, that is. I mean, I I stuck and into cameras, the Dean Dome right? my senior year. Like we all got in because uh, and and like walked around Ooh. and everything. And uh, you know the final goodbye before graduation was the next day. And uh, I knew how to get in through the media, like the elevator. And Who were you with? Uh, my five friends, two of my roommates. It was, it was a big crew of us. We just I was like, I think I can get us in the Dean Dome if the elevator, you know, if the door to the elevator is unlocked, and I can go downstairs and we'll be on the floor. And we snuck in, you know, we went to every stadium. So we went to Keenan, went to Boschmer, the baseball stadium, and then we ended at the Dean Dome. And then we went to the uh, the aquatic center and, like, d- jumped off the diving. You know, did a whole thing. It was great. But it was easy to sneak. Yeah. It was easier to sneak in than I thought it was going to be, you know? I was like, there has to be some sort of other security. And uh, the lights were on. It worked out perfectly. So this makes sense. It checks out. It can't happen. Um, so Your friend, your friends love that you just snitched on him, by the way. Well, Good job, tape. I just snitched on myself. <laughs> Which is even worse. Did you? Uh, did you? You didn't. You didn't get to the best part. Did you? Did you end up having sex with those friends? When you the <laughs> yes. Yes. It was. Uh, it was like. Remember we're in South Park when the people from the future are coming? Uh, yes. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Uh, all right. Th- these are these are my favorites. We're getting, and then I have the one favorite that is spoiler alert again about Kevin Stallings. But these are these are the these are the runner up favorites. I was a manager for an ACC team in the late 2000s, and during the summers, I would travel to other schools to work their camps. I lined up to go to an SEC school, but they made a coaching change, and I wasn't sure if I would still be invited to work their camp. I was able to secure a spot with the new staff for the camp, and worked it while I worked the camp while befriending their video coordinator, who was a holdover from the previous staff during the change. At no point during the camp did I ever meet anyone from the new staff, and the new head coach never came to visit the kids, even though it was his name on the camp. On the last night of camp, they bought they bought out a bar and let us all drink and eat for free. All of the camp workers from all over the country got shit-faced at dinner, but we were still looking to go out afterwards. The video coordinator said that he knew where we could go. He proceeds to take us to the worst strip club I've ever seen, where he knew all of the dancers by their actual names, not their stage names. He told me to get uh he told me to get some dances, but I didn't have any money. So he disappears to an ATM and came back and handed me two hundred dollars and said he would be back in a minute. I spent the next hour getting lap dances and making it rain. After I was out of cash, I was ready to leave the club, but he was nowhere to be found. Thinking I had been left as a prank, I asked around to see about catching a taxi back to campus. That's when one of the strippers alerted me that my, quote, (laughs) friend, who was the video coordinator, was with another stripper in the private room. 
He soon appeared and we left together. He told me on the ride home that he paid $500 to have sex with a stripper and he put it on the school's credit card because he was going to leave or get fired anyway. Turns out he was actually hired onto the new staff and spent a year with them before being fired for cursing and making fun of an opposing team while filming a soccer game for the women's soccer team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. My check from the camp also bounced when I tried to cash it. It took another two months to actually get paid, but honestly, it was worth it for this story alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> this guy sounds awesome. Berating the women's soccer team—that's awesome. Good for him. Great, yeah. Got, All he, over he the map. He does not get fired for. He does not get fired for hiring a prostitute on the company dime. Um, but yeah, he he gets fired for talking shit to the other women's side, the opposing women's soccer team, as he's filming the game. I love it. That's college athletics. Our head coach was noticeably older than his MILF of a wife. Probably, <laughs> I love that we're, we're hot out of the gates with this one. Uh, probably a 20-year difference. They had an odd relationship. Just, despite still being married, she lived in another city from him and rarely was ever seen at our school. The only time we ever really see her was when we played one of our conference opponents in the city she lived in. On one of these road trips, we were getting ready to leave our hotel for the game, and I was riding down the elevator with the coach's wife, their daughter, one of our assistant coaches, and one of our players were riding down the elevator when the wife says, Mmm, someone smells good. Did you just shower? To which the re- player replied, Yeah, next time you should jump in with me. Oh, woo. <laughs> the wife and daughter got off the elevator, and our assistant coach immediately slapped the player on the back of his head and said, What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> the confused player replied, What the hell? And the coach told him that it was the head coach's wife and the, the head coach's daughter. And the player simply replied, Well, nobody told me. That's pretty funny. Wow. That was uh, beautiful. I'm trying to think about who that coach is, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. A, a coach a coach with a MILF of a wife. Hmm. Could be a lot of guys, Tate. Could be a, could big be a week, lot of guys. Big let's week head, for moms on the podcast. Coach. We got bag moms. We got MILFs. Big mentioned. week for, yeah. for moms and wives. And yeah. <laughs> um, This is my favorite. Buckle up. You're going to love this one. You, you might have already known this one. Buckle but, up, buckaroo. Uh, Buckle up. The guy, the guy, I love the way this guy tells this story too. Let me paint a picture for you. 2011, October, Vanderbilt campus. Leaves are starting to change. Mm. The men's basketball team is supposed to be the best in ages, led by NBA talents such as Festus Azili, Jeffrey Taylor, and John Jenkins. Yep. Because of the hype, Vandy participates in a Midnight Madness opening practice that has become commonplace for at other universities. General shenanigans ensue. The players have a weak dunk contest, dunk contest. The guys and girls teams have a three-point shooting contest. Everything is normal. At the end of the night, Kevin Stallings is given the mic. He leads with generic BS about how the crowd support means so much to them and how excited for the season they are. But then at the end, the men's team throws him a ball, and they are all whispering amongst themselves. I shit you not, the next thing that happened is true, and the fact that no video recording exists of this will haunt me forever. Kevin Stallings, dressed in a full suit jacket, throws a behind-the-back shot from half-court and fucking drains it. A behind-the-back shot from from half-court in a suit jacket on his first try. Memorial Jim goes nuts, and the players just mob him. Titus, I know you have the connect from that team, so you can verify this, which, by the way, I actually did. I reached out to my connection, and he did verify that this is a true story. I guarantee you this is the reason we won the SEC tournament that year. While I later became the leader of the Fire Kevin Stallings Facebook group, I will never forget this moment. <laughs> Also, Rick Majerus is my uncle and did shit in a towel. He's a legend. I'm glad you guys bring him up because that's that other story reminded me of <laughs> reminded me of him and he's awesome. 
Oh my god. I just wanted to uh we talk a lot of crap about Kevin Stallings tape. I wanted you to know that in a Kevin loving Stallings, way. In a loving way, and this is why we it's time we we owe him a great story. Kevin Stallings hit a behind the back shot from half court. Pretty sick. God bless him. God bless him. I thought, and, and here we thought he was just a softball player. Here we thought he just organizes team softball games to bomb home runs against guys, but I can't get enough of Kevin Stallings. It, it, that, that's admittedly not the best story, but it's the most personal story for you and I, and I thought you would enjoy it. So I really loved anyway. it, and I like that it was a positive spin on Kevin Stallings because I think we're going to get you know mm-hmm. tagged as people that are mean to Kevin Stallings, and that's not the case. We just want to report the facts and, no. and grow his narrative and his legend. That's That's the whole point. We just want more people to talk about. We don't care what you're saying. Just talk about mm-hmm. Kevin Stallings. Talk about, you know, I can't get enough of the guy. So uh, you got any shout outs before we wrap this thing up? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of shout outs. The biggest comeback in uh, college basketball history happens. Drexel comes back from 34 down. Um, I think that was pretty cool that that happened. I just wanted to point that out. Also, shout outs. Who do they come back against? <laughs> Northwestern? I, yeah, I think it was Northwestern. Let's just say that. Let's just keep that for the record. Just so I think people were excited that it happened so people could forget about Northwestern, but we're not going to forget. It did happen. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, I want to shout out to you because I, I read your article. Um, I have never seen someone throw shade at Pete Maravich before in an article like you just did with that one. You called him a 6'5 guy that played for his dad. Played for his when dad? He, when he dropped like 69 that? points. Nice. And He dropped 69, And, yeah. and you said... Uh, and I quote I a six foot five guy that played for his dad, and I thought that was—I literally laughed out loud as I read that. So I wanted to shout you out for that. That was great. Was, you know, the reason I wrote that was because of my dad. As I've said before, my dad <laughs> just like loves Pete Maravich and does the whole—they they played without a three-point line. Mark, he's the greatest. Yes. And it was kind of—I was throwing shade at my dad. I was like, "Calm down, dad. He played—he played for his own father. He got every play called for him. <laughs> like, get the hell out of here." I guarantee I guarantee LSU is down 40 or up 40 in games and Pete's still out there getting plays called for him. Oh. And, you know, he he never got pulled from a game, so. I just loved it. It, no, it made I, me laugh out loud. I, I, I've never seen someone th- everyone cuz everyone that when you talk about Pete Maravich, obviously Pistol Pete, you know, the, the the legend lives on and people talk about him with this revered tone at all times. So it just made me laugh for someone to call him a 6 foot 5 guy that played for his dad. <laughs> I know. It was good. Well, I well it, for the for the, for the theme of the piece, I had to like devalue. Yeah, him, of course. You know? Yeah, so. the piece I should say the piece was about uh, a five foot nine guy breaking the scoring record uh, or back in the day before uh, before Pistol Pete broke it in what was it nineteen seventy he broke it uh, before yeah, that se- in, yeah. in nineteen seventy Pistol Pete broke the record yeah yeah um I have a couple shout outs one Carson Edwards dropped forty at Illinois yeah that was awesome Purdue. Uh, Carson Edwards is incredible forty Love Carson Edwards he is. He's very fun to watch. He, he has one speed. He gets buckets. That's all he's ever trying to do out there. God bless that man. Uh, speaking of Purdue, 33-year anniversary of the Bob Knight chair throw nice. against Purdue. Uh, shout out to Bob Knight, wherever you are. Thankfully, you are kind of going away recently. Um, <laughs> hopefully hopefully Rick Pitino follows your lead. Um, and then one very important shout out, Tate. Shout out to United States curling skip John Schuster, who... You just absolutely slandered yes. on our last podcast. Yes, for the good of our country. He, the boys are going for gold. Uh, we're putting this podcast out late on Friday night. By the time most people listen to this, it probably already happened. I'm going to go with the assumption that we won gold. Um, Schuster is throwing flames. He's just throw, he's. I called him Johnny Stones. Mm. That's my new nickname for the mm. guy. His stones are just like like what it really is. Is he lost weight, Tate? Like the guy was. He's lost like 40 pounds. They said. Um, I think that's the difference. But 
do you want to apologize to John Schuster? I do not want to apologize. I think that he needed uh, the, 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 he needed <laughs> your Rick Pitino. Yeah, the Rick Pitino. <laughs> he needed the adversity, and he needed to get over it, and needed to prove that he was that guy. Because they kept saying, you know, he was like, "This is my story. Uh, I I know that I can be better. I plan to be better." And guess what? He's been better. He's making it happen. Uh, I'm Team Schuster for life. I never fell off the Team Schuster bandwagon. I just was upset with John, and he he tended to call all the shots. I felt bad for his vice skip, but everyone's happy now. So that's good. I, I'm back on. Go gold. Uh, I feel bad for Cousin Sal. He's got the under on U.S. gold medals, and John Schuster is uh, also playing into that a little bit. So I, th- I think that's why John Schuster is now Johnny Stones. I like Johnny Stones more than John Johnny Schuster. Stones. Johnny Stones. Yeah, he, he's done the trade. He's, he's like uh, Urkel going into his machine and coming out. Yes. Stefan Urkel. Yes. Is that what you're- yes, exactly. Um, I, I, uh, I, I said that I, I think I put this on Twitter that if if the USA wins gold and curling, and again most people are listening to this after the game tonight, so we did win. Um, <laughs> it might be the greatest redemption story in American sports history, Tate. Yes, that we we suck so badly in the Olympics. I legitimately love curling. I watch it all the time. I don't follow it like I, I only watch it obviously during the Olympics, but I'm very much into it. I know wh- who has the good teams, who has the bad teams. Yes, Sweden. I don't really know all the strategy so yet, good. but. Uh, but I actually like remember the last two Olympics. I'm not just piling on as a as a Johnny come lately pretending like I know the story here. I remember watching John Schuster suck yes. and his team just being terrible the last two Olympics. And they sucked at the start of this Olympics. And that's if he can turn this around and win gold, holy hell. That's where it came amazing. from. It came from a place of I've watched this guy like everyone tell me how great he is and then watched him blow it the past two times and it's happening again, you know. And it was about to be three times um, and you're out and John Schuster uh, rectified the whole thing. So congrats, Johnny. So congrats to Johnny Stones. Whether Even if they did lost, which they didn't, again, they won. We all know they won. Yes. Um, still got a silver medal. That's insane. We beat Canada, who had won yeah. like, the last three golds. That was the best part, uh, knocking out awesome. our neighbors to the north. That, that was awesome. Um, All right, games to watch this week. Uh, I have three written down, Tate. You can chime in with others, you think. Number one, I think this is the game to watch. The biggest game of the week. A lot of people are going to say Kansas-Texas Tech, which I was going to mention next uh, as a game to watch. Kansas plays at Texas Tech. Saturday at 4.15. It was supposed to be for the Big 12 title. It still technically is. Texas Tech could, could get the piece back in, but Texas Tech lost Oklahoma State, Tate. Mm. So now Kansas is back in the driver's seat. This game kind of lost its luster a little bit, but the game that I think is the game to watch, 4 p.m. ESPNU, Virginia versus Pitt. Pitt is bad. They are very, very bad. Virginia is not. I think if... I genuinely believe we might see a double Tony. We might see yes. Virginia hold Pitt under 20 points in back-to-back halves. That There's a very real possibility that's going to happen, and I, I'm very excited for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that game. Over, I swear to God, I'm going to watch that over Kansas-Texas Tech because <laughs> they're both going on at the same time. So that's a game to watch. Uh, also, Michigan State's at Wisconsin. Uh, Spartans are going to sit out Miles Bridges, lose to Wisconsin, let Ohio State get a piece <laughs> of the Big Ten title. Thank you, Tom Izzo, for being a good guy. Yes. Uh, appreciate that. Very move. good guy move. Um, that's Sunday at 1 p.m. on CBS. So those are the three that I, I had circled tape. But do you have anything else? Uh, the one I have, uh, Syracuse takes on Duke and Cameron Indoor. Bayheim comes to uh, to Durham. Oh, yeah, yes. That's always a great game because Bayheim is basically – he Coach K is John Schuster, and Bayheim is his vice skip in the ACC. He's his right-hand man. Um, mm. But Jim Bayheim also believes that he is the number one guy because that's what he thought he was with the Big East. So this is a great game of egos, you know, with two guys that think that they yep. own the referees and they're just going back and forth. Uh we could see Bayheim getting thrown out of this game because Syracuse really needs this win uh, to help boost their tournament resume. That's one game to watch. Uh, Auburn, Florida is another game on Saturday uh, that's at 
8.30, I believe. Um, so please check that one out. That will be a fun game. I enjoy this Auburn team. We didn't even really even talk about Auburn that much, but uh, I think no, we haven't. We, we'll have more to talk about, I'm sure, as uh, the next week's. Uh, we're going to do that. We're going to do that all year. We're going to talk. We're going to wait to talk about Auburn. All year. <laughs> Eventually, we'll talk about Auburn. Um, all right. Well, before 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 we go, um, I wanted to, I wanted to bring it through two things. First of all, this podcast is already going pretty long. So uh, if you want to turn off the podcast, those of you listening, totally fine by us. Just go ahead and stop. Turn it. What, what I'm about to do another Am I Dumb segment, and a lot of people roast me for this, Tate. So um, I just want to invite all of our listeners to stop listening. Uh, I want to I want to create a safe space for myself. But uh, I wanted to bring this up to you because I have I have a couple comments I want to I want to bring up mm-hmm. and. Um, no one's no one's listening anyway. It's Friday. It's late Friday. We're putting this up late on a Friday. No one's gonna hear this. But are you are you aware of the concept of an ice box? Yes. Do you know what an ice box is? Yes. So, so an ice box for those who don't know is what they had before refrigerators, where you have this big box, you put a piece of ice in it, and it's like insulated, and then you put your food and stuff in there, and the ice keeps your food cold. It's like basically a cooler, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my understanding of what an ice box is. How how did they? It's also an so Amari ice... Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So two. they would have. So back in the day, they would have people deliver blocks of ice to your house, and that's you would put it in your ice box, and then keep. This is my understanding of how ice. Yeah, box it's like works. the milkman. Yeah, Mike. Am I dumb, Tate? Where does the ice come from? <laughs> the polar that you the, put the polar so, ice caps. So we don't have here. Like we we don't have we're living in a time where there was no technology to create ice. And that's why you needed the ice. Like cause freezers didn't exist. So how the hell did they create ice to then put in the ice boxes? Exactly. Yes. Your silence is deafening. Your silence is, <laughs> this might be the first time I've done this where I don't actually feel dumb. I think you're, I think you're onto something. I, I also, this, if this was 1949, this would be the hottest topic on the newsstand. People people would be around, water cool talk. They'd be like, what the, where is this ice coming from? I remember my where grandparents had an ice box. That was the last, you know, that was the last time I remember thinking Text about them. what. Do you Call have them. an ice box or something? No, I don't. So I was listening to uh, uh, another podcast, a, a podcast called Lights, Camera, Podcast, and my, my friend Trill Ballins uh, is one of the co-hosts on, and they talk about movies and stuff. And he was talking, He had they had Tony Reality on. They were talking about their favorite um football movies and he he brought up little giants and how icebox is on little giants and i was like why is icebox named icebox i started thinking about what an icebox is i was like wait a second where the hell do you get ice from for an icebox mm. and then it's just it's, it's hurt my brain ever since then and i thought i would ask you because that's what I, I like making an ass of myself on these friday podcasts and no one's listening anyway um so yeah i'm glad i got that out in the open i'm glad you got it the out other there. thing i wanted to not mention, what i not what i expected when you told me uh that you had an i i am am i dumb i would have never guessed icebox if there was four if you gave that's me actually a choice. good one isn't it yeah i never that's actually a good one you no one has an answer i've not i've not got an answer yet like i'm sure they the, the answer is like they they went up in the mountains and got it and then i don't know like just froze water slingshotted it down yeah the bottom of but, the mountain. how do you free but how do you freeze the water that's the you don't have the tech i don't know if you have the technology to freeze the water, then you have the technology to make stuff cold. Then why don't we have freezers in houses? I, it, it, it's all very confusing to me. It's all at Area 51. Um, we'll go check it out. One more comment since I'm in my my created safe space, that I and, and you've, you've assumed the role of my therapist. I'm going to say this, and Kyle, you can feel free to cut this out. 
I recently I've been I've been working out Tate. You know this. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm making a comeback for something that I've I've kept secret under wraps. Um, I'm working out with a guy who is uh, a personal trainer by trade, and he's helping me. The program that we're doing is like a jumping program. He's like helping me jump higher. Uh, basically, he's helping me dunk. Mm. I'm trying to I'm trying to like you know be able to dunk on guys. Um, so my entire life I've been able to squat a lot of weight. Like I have that that's been like the one lift that I could do well. It's like I was always one of the best squatters on the basketball team when I was at Ohio State. Even the great athletes we had there, like I could squat a ton of weight, but I could never jump. I, and it, it always drove me nuts. I was like, how can I, how am I not dunking on people when I can squat like 400 pounds? This makes no damn sense. So this guy has been videotaping me and, and watching my technique. And he, he told me just the other day that when I jump, my knees kind of come in and they press into each other. And like, I have bad form. And I say that to say this Tate, I asked him like, why, why, why is it that I have this? Why do, why do my knees like naturally go in instead of like, the optimal position to make me jump higher. And he said, this was his answer, Tate. And this is the reason I'm bringing it up. He said, I don't really know, but this is a problem that I I see a lot in women because their hips are turned (laughs) inwards because they have, because their hips have to be turned to give birth. When when women go through, when women go through puberty, their hips turn, right? And he goes, this is just a problem I see in women. So yes. in, in the last couple of days, I have found out that the reason I cannot jump, Tate, is because I have the hips of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and we've just discovered your new uh, occupation. You are the next Joanna man. It's Joanna man too. Mark Titus. He has child-rearing hips. <laughs> I have child-rearing hips is basically what I found out. <laughs> That's what we've just discovered. Amazing. Oh, God. There's no way I'm cutting that out. So... Yeah, cut that out, Kyle. Just cut it. You, you can cut it out. No, but uh, yeah. I just want to get that off my chest. It's a, uh, it's, it's. Yeah, this has become my therapy session. I, 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 I like venting to you. So I literally, I thought that this That's was going to be something about like you figured out the reason why white people can't jump higher or something like that. So uh, yeah, that might be. You might. It, it, it might be because you're you you were built like a woman, and that's fine. I have woman hips, so uh, but the good news is no one's listening to this anymore. So yes. people are definitely are not going to are not, are not going to grill me for that. Um, all right, that's it. You got anything else to say before we go? We've talked long enough. I'm excited to see what happens uh, with all these programs. I'm excited to see all the responses. I'm excited to see all the denials. Um, we're going to talk about it the rest of this year. It's going to be interesting NCAA tournament, and you're coming soon to California, right? Next week. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming to, to LA. This is our last Friday that you and I will spend apart. I will never leave you again, Tate. Nice. I'm coming to LA. Next casual Friday that we do, we will be doing it in person. There will be a lot of hip talk. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk. A lot of talking about ice boxes. Yeah, talking about ice boxes, hips. We might even wear robes. Who knows? It'll be a weird thing. Yep. Can't wait. Yep, Very so casual. It'll be exciting. Cool. Well, until next time, we will see you guys on Tuesday and uh, save the crew.